Good, strong, independent journalism is essential to a strong democracy. So you think the Democratic Party cares about black people? Believe it or not, Rex, I think that tweet is part of the problem. Do you feel like we could have addressed this homeless issue much sooner? You have to speak a word, make it a good one. Welcome back to The Word. Once again, I am Jackie Ray. I am excited to be here right now because you see what used to be our managing editor, but now our CEO of the, I love the leg cross. Like I'm going to cross my legs because I am a CEO now. I am so glad we're gonna talk about the transition that we've made to become a truly independent nonprofit organization, which you can also be a part of. If you would like to give a tax deductible donation, you can go to lbpost.com slash donate. So I encourage you to do that. Do it often and be generous. <laughs> so Melissa, Melissa Evans, again, our CEO, thank you for joining. I had me. you on the show before. It's good to have you back now because this is a really big deal for us. So I know a lot of people are going to have a lot of questions as to what sparked this transition. So can you tell our audience what were some of the first steps into becoming a nonprofit? Well, this is something that we've been wanting to move toward for a long time. Um, most news organizations are corporations, they're LLCs or organized in some corporate fashion. Um, although the trend more, there, there is a new trend more toward nonprofit and it makes all the sense in the world. And this is why we wanted to go this route as well is because news is a public service. News generation is at its heart a public service. And what this move allows us to get away from that corporate model and move more toward a complete 100% audience reader focused business model. And it, that has a lot of ramifications. Um, I had no idea how complicated. Right. Going. I thought it would just be sort of fun. Um, it was It was the last six to eight months have been a lot of, uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of help, but thankfully there's a lot of really good people in Long Beach that have uh, offered to help and offered their expertise and services. But um, but we've been working on this since um, for at least six months now, and uh, we we got our official recognition from the state and the federal government in uh, late October. And uh, since then, we left our former company, the corporation Pacific Community Media, and everyone was rehired under the guise of the new nonprofit. Um, the Long Beach Journalism Initiative on December 1st. So we're still doing business as the Long Beach Post and Long Beach Business Journal. That won't change. Um, but now we're all employees of the Long Beach Journalism Initiative, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. You say a lot of newsrooms are moving towards the nonprofit avenue. Why do you think that is? You know, I think that I, I think there's a couple reasons. Um, for the, the mission-centered work that we do, is one. But I also think that with, um, I saw a report the other day that there are two, two newspapers close every week across wow. the country. We've lost so many journalism jobs over the past 15 years, since 2005. Um, it's been tragic. And I think um, there is new, um, over, the, over the past five years, I've seen a lot of not only talk but action in national and statewide regional journalism associations and foundations that aren't necessarily journalism oriented mm -hmm. 
that we need to do something about this because the loss of journalism in communities is so destructive. Um, good, strong, independent journalism is essential to a strong democracy. And I think there's real recognition right now with all the misinformation going on out there, the deluge of social media that's really affecting young people. I think there's a lot of uh, momentum right now um, to support funding-wise gra through grants, through foundational support, through underwriting of specific coverage. Um, there's a lot more opportunities right now. Um, and so going nonprofit really makes all the sense in the world because it positions you better mm -hmm. from a business standpoint to um, apply for and receive those funds. So Yeah, I love that you say that because I, I found as I'm talking to people, which you know I'm always talking to random strangers, and I one of the questions I ask a lot is, you know, how do you feel about journalism? And what I found is a definite difference in opinion depending on age. I, I, what I find is with older people, you know, people like my mom, they're kind of disappointed that they don't get the newspaper delivered to their home every day. They loved actually going through and reading the newspaper. Um, people around our age, we'll take news wherever we get it. We have our sources that we trust. And then there's the people that are kind of right in the middle, but they're still not, you know, in the Gen Z era that really kind of depend on journalism that appeals to their ideals, which I find that interesting because usually journalism that specifically has one narrative isn't true journalism. And so why, and then Gen Z is just like, if it's not on TikTok or Instagram, they're just not going to get the information. How do you think, especially when you're talking about Gen, Gen Z, that is really used to getting their information vertically in 30 seconds, maybe a minute, there's a lot of information that's left out. How do you think that we as a, as a news agency can reach that demographic and really stress to them the importance of good, strong, local, independent journalism? It's tough. I mean, you know, I think, um, and I, I, I can speak for myself because I, I, you know, we talk a lot about the differences in generation. And there are differences in the generations, but I don't know that it's unique. Hmm. Like when I was young and, and when I was in high school and, and I was interested in journalism, right? Um, but I didn't keep up on things. So I, I don't know that the younger generation now is any less interested than, hmm. than maybe I was when I was that age. And I was even like sort of interested in the field. So it was obviously, you know, the means of getting news was different back then because we got a newspaper. Everyone did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we watched the evening news at six o'clock like everyone else <laughs> right. because that's when it was on. So obviously, you know, how we consume that information has changed some for the better, some for the worse. But but um, but I just think when you're young, you're not worried about world politics. Definitely yet. not. Or even local politics. You know, I bet most people, I bet most adults probably couldn't even name their council person. Right. Um, you're really worried about your kids, about school, about getting food on the table, about paying your bills, about, you know, your day-to-day your -day life. And so I think what we try to do at The Post is we try to meet people where they're at, mm. wherever that is. If they're on TikTok, if they're on Instagram, if they're consuming news through video, we want to meet them there. Um, but you know, not everyone is going to read a 6,000 word story and, and that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do those stories because we actually find that for the accountability type journalism that we do, the investigative kind of deep stuff, that's actually the stuff that gets us the most support. Right. That, the, that's the kind of coverage that people want, expect from, 
from journalism. Okay, so for you, you're the ma- you were the managing editor, but now you're the CEO. What has been the biggest challenge for you to transition in between these two roles? I think I think the biggest challenge for me is is that I'm not as connected with the journalism as I was when I was managing editor. In fact, the last time I was on the podcast was a year ago when I when we were launching. We had already launched it, but but uh, we, I was talking about the homelessness right. series, and um, I was I was deeply involved with that series. I wrote a lot of the stories. Um, it was it was a topic and a subject that was near and dear to my heart. And um, this time a year ago, I was I was working on a story about mental health and conservatorships, mm-hmm. and um, I do miss that because you know I've been a journalist for thirty years, right. and that's all I've really done, both as a reporter and, and as an editor. So I feel, I do feel a little disconnected. Our journalism is in very good hands. Jeremiah Dobrook is now our executive editor and we have a fantastic staff. So I don't, that's probably the one, you know, obviously keeping our product top notch is a huge priority, but I don't have to worry about that because I know that our staff is great. So, but I miss it. And, you know, learning new things is exciting. It's yeah. energizing. But I also miss that the chase, the the writing process, the um, everything that goes. I love journalism. Everything that goes into writing a story and, and seeing it and seeing it published, um, working with photographers and, uh, and editors. It's it's really a fantastic job. It really is. I love the sourcing aspect of it. I love hearing people's stories because everyone has a different perspective Um, and I think every perspective is valuable and that's you know one of the things that I'm really proud of is for the Long Beach Post that we really tell perspectives a lot of different perspectives we touch on a lot of different stories that people wouldn't even know about Um, but even with that with us having the staff to do that we had to lay off a lot of staff as well I think that's how a lot of people really heard that we were in the middle of a transition how did those layoffs affect you and can you kind of explain why those layoffs were necessary? Yeah, we did have to we did we did have to do a few layoffs. Um we we tried to minimize any cuts to the newsroom because obviously we want to protect our ability to cover the city. I mean, that's that's at our core what we do. Um but the the, the simple answer is that, you know, for for too many years we were living beyond our means. Mm-hmm. And um as a nonprofit, you know, there's a lot more transparency for good reason. Um, uh, we have a responsibility to our donors and to our, to our, um, people who give us money, people who, uh, businesses that sponsor our coverage. We have an obligation to live within our means. The good thing about the post and about this new initiative is that every single dollar, every single donation, every, everything goes into our journalism. We have, we have very little overhead. In fact, I am wearing many hats right now just to, you know, like reduce things like HR and accounting and, you know, all those things that can, we're trying to minimize that as much as possible so that we protect our core of what we do. But we still have the largest newsroom in Long Beach. I think that's important to know. We were able to emerge, I think, it was really tough because we have a fantastic staff and there was not a single person that I wanted to let go of. So it was, it's been difficult. Um, but, um, I feel like this, we are now in a place for where we are well positioned for growth in 2024 and we have a strong business plan. We have a really 
strong board that's helped me tremendously. Um, and so, and, and I've had so many meetings with the community where they're, um, uh, this is just a fantastic city. People here are so willing to help if you just ask. Um, so I, I am very hopeful and optimistic about the coming year and, and our five-year plan. So, yeah, I remember we were having a conversation one day. Melissa was stressed out. She's like, oh, my God, I need a board. And I was like, well, you're on your own on that one. I have no idea how to help you with that. And then it was like two days later, you had the board. Yeah, well, there was one day I just, in fact, I came in the studio where it's nice and dark. <laughs> and I just laid on the couch and just, you know, I mean, I obviously had been thinking about it. And I had, you know, a lot of names and people that have been circulating in my head. Mm -hmm. But I just like made calls. And I think I had the board, at least our first, you know, inaugural board locked in. And it turns out, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, you're, <laughs> you're trying to, you're, you're figuring, and it was just so serendipitous. Like we wound up with the perfect board to start off. Um, and in 2020, early in January, in fact, the next are, we're going to have our, we've already had three meetings. Our fourth meeting will be in January. And we're really talking about growing the board. Um, kind of the, we want the board to look like Long Beach. We want it to be representative of all the industries here in Long Beach, of all the geographic areas, of all the races and ethnicities here in Long Beach, ages. We also want to make sure that we've got youth on our board. Sometimes like these boards in Long Beach are super old, a lot of retired folks, which is <laughs> fine. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of, uh, and I know this as I'm getting older, like, the, you know, as you get older, you really want to give back. So it makes sense. Um, young people tend to be busier. Yeah, because they're living life. They're <laughs> <laughs> doing everything. But I think it's really important to have that because we are a younger publication. We really, we really make strong efforts to reach younger audiences and diverse audiences. So I think it's really important that our board reflect who we are at the Post. Um, so we will be growing that, but we've got Matt Kinley, who uh, has been very active. He's a local attorney. Dora Hasildo, who um, is also very active. She's the executive director of Child Lane. She's helped me tremendously with our budget. Um, and then Gwen Schaefer, who is a journalism professor at Cal State Long Beach. Can't get any better than that. No, they're and they're great. Do you feel like that's a testament of the work that the Long Beach Post has done in the community where people were just immediately like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I didn't even know this, but Matt Kinley was actually uh, helped Sean Lamaki found the oh, post. Oh, wow. I didn't know mm. that. <laughs> I just know him from Rotary and, um, you know, I know that he's been helpful. He's been an ally and d done some pro bono work for us, um, for there's always legal stuff that comes up when you're doing coverage. And, um, I had no idea. It was so full circle. Yeah. So what do you want people to know that are hearing about this transition? What's the one thing you want to tell them about the transition and the value that they're getting from the Long Beach Post? Well, I think that the value that you're getting, it's, it's, you know, and we've been working on this. How do we articulate the value that we provide to Long Beach? It's, I, I liken it a little bit to like earthquake safety right. fairs, you know, where no one wants to go to those. And they because, but when they need it. <laughs> but, but when there's an earthquake, you know, everyone cares suddenly about, do I have you know, are there, are there things in place? Right. Um, and journalism is similar. If we're doing our jobs, if we're strong and we're thriving, then usually corruption is lower, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
but uh, the second, you know, if there's not, then you get things like what happened in Bell, right. where you have rampant corruption um, in these small cities where there's news deserts all over the place and politicians are not being watched. They're not being asked questions. No one's doing public records requests. Right. No one's staying up late until one in the morning to hear the last speaker at a city council meeting. No, when no one's doing that, that's when cities start to fail. And so the value is, you know, like I've said, if you love Long Beach, then you need to support a strong media. You need to support independent journalism. Um, and and I'm proud to say that we have done we've we've done a good job of that over the past five years. I agree. Yeah. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah. She definitely looks, and this is an insider thing, she definitely looks less stressed now than we than you did when we first started this. I would walk up to her desk and I would say, how are your stress levels? <laughs> oh, we just did our first payroll. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, this is, this has been fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a learning curve for all of us. I think, you know, especially... It's an interesting dynamic to, you know, my first job I had at 19 working at the WB, you know, working as a writer and, and a teleprompter operator. I don't even know if they have those anymore. I think everybody now is just doing their own thing. Maybe. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in a newsroom. But starting in that capacity, working in, in television for, you know, over 12 years and then coming here. Um, and then when I came here, it was I don't want to say it was a learning curve because I feel like news is news. Yeah. But it was definitely interesting to see that you already had that mindset. Like even from when I started, I started on May 10th in 2021. And that mindset was always at some point we need to be a self-sustaining entity. That's always been the goal. And so to be a part of the team that sees that come to fruition, it's very exciting. I know it's a little stressful as well, but it's also very exciting. It is. You know, mm -hmm. it really is. Like, you know, I, I've worked in this business for 30 years and I've worked under every ownership model you can imagine. Yeah. None of them are perfect, right? Like if, if you're owned by a venture capitalist, that's, I would put that last right. on, the, on the ones that you want. <laughs> Like, you know, what the Press-Telegram and Gazettes are going through, yeah. and, and that's why we left. Um, I think the best model is what we're doing now because we really are 100% reader-centric, and we, we need support, though, from the community. Right. Is, and that's my job is to cultivate that, not only mine, it's right. everybody's yeah. job, but, um, you know, to make sure that we are – we can sustain this thing well into the future because I believe in this. Yeah. I believe in the principle of a strong press and the post um, has done, has been a real asset to the city of Long Beach. So I agree. Yeah. Thanks again, Melissa. You're welcome. It's always great to get Melissa on the show because she doesn't want to be on <laughs> camera. But if I just say, Melissa, please, then she'll come on the show. Yeah, once I, well, you're, you're a good interviewer. Thanks. <laughs> but I want to drive home the point that we definitely need member support. I know there's a few of you out there that call me a lot, and I appreciate you, but this is your opportunity to give back and make sure that I can still be available for you to make those calls to. So if you haven't become a member, do that right now. Go to lbpost.com slash join, or if you wouldn't like to make a large... <laughs> emphasis on large uh, tax deductible donation you can do that by going to lbpost.com slash give so please do that make sure you support local journalism make sure your voice is heard 
please feel free to reach out. I know I um, put my social media handles on here all the time, uh, Jackie Ray TV, but I am Jackie at lbpost.com. If you want to email me, if you, even if it's not something that I would cover, we have a plethora of, of reporters here who would love to tell your story, help you get that word out. So please do that. Be a part of it. That's our slogan. Be a part of it. And thank you for joining us on this week's episode of The Word. And remember, if you have to speak a word, make it a good one. We'll see you next time. <laughs>